All right, so we're going to dive right into this thing this morning. And I'm going to bounce off last week's message, Big. Everybody say big. big. That's right, big. You know, if you were here last week, uh, uh, then you, I hope this week you took some time to recollect on, on, on God's splendor and his majesty to just to see how big he is. Because we do serve a big God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce off of this. But, but if you were not here, I, we talked about how we live in a world that is obsessed with big things, right? And I mean, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we are just, in, we are obsessed with big things. If you're going to climb a mountain, you don't want to climb any mountain, you want to climb the biggest mountain, right? If, you wanna, if you're going to raise uh, money or get a job, you want the biggest paying job, right? If you want uh, guys, for guys, if you want a truck, you want the biggest truck, you know? And that's the one a lot of guys were kind of like, you know, because seriously, just go to the parking lot outside and just look and you'll know there's a lot of big trucks out there, right? But the, the, we talked about that obsession for big things and, and, and how we need to make sure that we're turning that obsession to our big God. Amen? Because we serve a big God. Because if you, you got to remember, we're all called to do something for the ministry in some capacity, in some realm. You're called, right? Everybody say, I'm called, I'm called. right? And I serve a big God. All right, that was kind of weak, but I'll give you that one, all right? Don't make me wake you up, because I will, all right? But you've got to understand that since you're called, if you ever lose sight of how big your God is, you're in trouble, right? You're in trouble. You're in trouble. When you, when you, when you lose sight of that, that's when you're, you're going to see, this is when you're going to see believers and you're going to see Christians begin to run out of steam, Right? They may be going through a tragedy. They may be going through a hard time. And, and you know, we all believe for miracles in those situations. And sometimes they happen. And sometimes it's, it, it may take two or three years for it to manifest. And when you go through that, in the middle of that process, you run out of steam, right? We've all been there. We've all been there. And, and, and I actually titled this Big Part Two. I mean, come here. That's pretty simple, right? We're, coming, we're bouncing off of that. But, the, but the, the, in the world today... And just think about it, guys, how hard it is to be a Christian, right? Because in this world, there's a lot more sinners than there are Christians. Let's just be honest. It's just, it's just the simple truth. And, it's, and, it's, and there's a lot of people trying to do what God is calling them to do, but they're, they're, they're running out of steam. They're only getting so far. I was talking with a gentleman last week, and, and, and I could hear his passion in his voice. And he was talking about things, and he had been in ministry for about nine years, and 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 he was he had re, he had reached his limit, right? How I many you know you can get burnt out, right? And he was getting burnt out, and 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 this is kind of one of the things that led me to this message. But and 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 we were he was talking, and almost with tears in his eyes, he was and he was looking at me. He was like he was talking about they don't want to hear, they don't want to listen, they don't want to do, they don't da 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 da. He said, "Why do we keep going on?" See, he, he felt like he was, he's, this is his, why am I doing this? And see, there's a lot of believers that get to this point, right? They get to this point and they, they're, they're trying to do church, they're trying to do what God's calling them to do, and they get so, it gets so far, it gets hard, it gets tough, and then they, they, they only get up so far and then they give up. And that's when people have the tendency to fall back and conform back to the world, Right? And we know how dangerous that is. Whole other message right there. But he kept saying, "Why? Why do we keep going on?" You know, Hampton is—he's at Fort Benning right now doing his uh, 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 basic training, and uh, we're, we're getting letters. And so, so uh, I am so pleased with what he's doing and his progress and all. And but we raised Hamp in the Word. 
since he was born and since he could speak. And, and, and he knows the things of the Word. He knows how to respond to situations. He knows about the, the, the promises of God that belong to him. There's no doubt about it. But in his letters, you could read and you could see a reoccurring theme because over and over he says, Dad, there's, or he's, he's writing the letter to the family. He says, there, I just wish there were more like me. And then he goes on and he says, he's, and, and, and all over and over, and he's, it's hard. And he's, he, said that, he, said there's, he's, he said in one of them, he said, there are so many people. I'm, I've never been around so many people who are living in the world. And he, this is the environment he's in. He's there with like three or 400 people, right? And, and they're all together. And he, he talks about how they go to church and they just make a joke out of it. The pastor's preaching and they just use it as a time to get away from the drill sergeants. And they just sit in there and they talk and play and carry on and this, that, and other. So if you want to hear the preacher, you better get up front. Anyway, he's talking about how difficult it is, right? But see, Ham's been trained, and he knows how to do And he knows to how to let his light shine, even though it's not easy, right? And, and, and the good thing is, is he, share, he wrote, he, said, he shared with us that, that he actually got the, they actually used him to lead his platoon in prayer at the end of the day the other day. He's letting his light shine. And then he actually said, he, he, said, he said there was a Muslim gentleman that came up to him. Because they know how, he's very clear. He said, they know how I believe. They know what I believe. He's bold. He's like his dad. He said, a Muslim gentleman, a young man came up to him and asked for prayer, for healing. And they said, he's letting his light shine. But the point is, is, is there's a lot of people out there that, that are running out of steam that don't know how to let their light shine. They don't know how to, how to let this, they, don't, they're, they're, they get to the point where they're wondering, why, are we going, why do we just keep going on? And we had the privilege of going to, Otagaville on Thursday night to see an evangelist called Jesse Duplantis. Some of you may know him. He's a funny, funny evangelist, but the man, that man preaches, boy, he preaches the truth, and he, he travels this world. Ooh, gosh, he does it. And he shared a very, very, very awesome verse Thursday night that gave me very good insight on that, and that's 1 Thessalonians 2.4. And it says, on the contrary, this is, this is talking about uh, 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 the, the body of Christ going and doing what God's told them to do. It says, on the contrary, we speak, talking about us, we speak as those approved by God. You've been approved by God. But then it goes on to say, to be entrusted with the gospel. Do you understand what it means to be entrusted with something? That's an honor. That's a privilege. That is, that is precious. God has entrusted you. God has approved you with the gospel. He's entrusted you to go do what he's called you to do. And, and glory to God. And he, that's why we keep going. We keep pressing in because he has entrusted us to share the gospel. Pressing forward, fulfilling the great commission. That's what we're all called to do. And, and it gets hard. It gets tough. And we're going to talk about that, I know. And, 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 but, and, but there's so many, and there's a lot of people right now giving up, and they're going, falling back, and conforming back to the world because that's easy, right? It's never easy to walk the Christian walk. It will never get easy. But I will say this: it will never get easy in the sense of natural things. But when the closer you get to God, and the closer God gets to you, glory to God, and the closer you are to the resources He's made available in His Word, it does get easier. It gets a lot easier. Amen. Glory to God. But see, you got to, you got to, you, and it, I, I'll tell you something that helps me. 
You've got to remind yourself, and we see this in Scripture, but not only do we see this in Scripture, I know this firsthand, is that unbelievers, people in the world, unbelievers, they don't see like we see. In other words, when we talk, we, we talk about spiritual things and we talk about Scripture, and we say, they don't see it. They, their spirit is dead. They don't see any. They, they, as a matter of fact, they don't see it, but they, they can't. As a matter of fact, they can't see it. They cannot see it. They are unaware of anything spiritual. As a matter of fact, most unbelievers believe that church people are just, they're a little strange. They're a little quirky. Come on, they, they, they think that, 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 that what we do is just a little woo-woo. It's a little fantasy, right? Well, I'll take that. If they, if they think I'm strange, I don't care. Because that's how God made me. He made me this way to impact and influence a certain realm of people. And I'm not going to change who I am to conform back to the world. I'm going to be and stay who God made me. Amen. Amen. But you see, see, they can't see it. And I know this firsthand because I spent the first half of my life living in the world. Being saved until I was 25. And I'm going to tell you something. In those younger years where I grew up, Man, I went down some roads, did some things, some dark things and dark paths. You know, and, and I remember that time when someone would try to preach to me or someone would try to bring Scripture at me. I'd be like, who are you? Because I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. I could, I could, no matter how hard they preached, no matter how hard they brought, brought Scripture, I'm thinking, I'm not going to get a part of this fantasy land. They, and I couldn't see it. No matter how much they, they, they tried and how much they worked hard, right? But one thing changed. And what happened was the day that I got up and I decided, I made the choice. You know, aren't you glad that God gave us free will to choose? But what changed was until it was when I chose to believe. That's when, you see, you've got to remind yourself sometimes, don't get frustrated at the world. Don't get angry at the world. Don't get mad at them, irritated at them, frustrated. Come on. No, don't do any of that because all that does is that pushes you to run out of steam. But you've got to remind yourself, they cannot see what you are preaching to them. They can't see spiritual things. And I'll tell you one thing that benefited me and what brought me to Christ was seeing God in other people's lives. It wasn't what they said. It was seeing God in their life. Yeah. Guys, that's a, that's, that right there is that's a revelation that we all need to get. What's the example you're setting in just your everyday life? But, that, 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 that's, but it wasn't until I chose to believe that I, that I saw it. Amen? And, and so why do we keep going on? It's because we've been entrusted with the gospel. We've been entrusted to, to, to fulfill the Great Commission. And, and we want to be there when those people make the choice to believe. See, we've got to be ready. There's going to be an end-time harvest coming, an end-time revival that's coming. And when that time comes, whew, it's going to be precious. You want to be a part of it. You don't want to be the one running to church. You want to be in the church being ready to embrace those that come, being the teachers, being the worship leaders, being the singers, being the servants, being there, receiving, not the one running to the church. Amen? You want to be right here in the house. Glory to God. But listen, if, that's, if you're sitting out there, and you're finding yourself feeling overwhelmed with just doing church or with just sharing the gospel. Listen, I know it's hard to share the gospel because I share the gospel. I mean, I'm a pastor. I don't ever tell people I'm a pastor, but when I share the gospel, I just share the gospel. I know what it's like to get cussed at, yelled at, I mean, called everything under the sun, and people don't want... You know, most people get afraid. 
And most people get offended and want to fight back. Well, I just simply walk away because they've made their choice. And they don't want to hear what I have to say. And they can't see it no matter how much I put it out before them. Amen? It's not easy. And if you find yourself getting to that place where you just don't want to do it, you're overwhelmed. I'm, I'm, I'm running from this. this. I don't want to do this church thing. I'm going to conform back to the world because that's just so easy. If you find yourself there, I'm here to tell you something. Your problem, something's missing. And your problem is, is you're doing it alone. You're doing it alone. Stick with me now. This is very important. Very, very, very important. Unfortunately, there are too many Christians out there trying to do what God has called them to do alone. You know, we serve a big God. We serve a great God. He, knew, he knows everything that we need. And he's made it all available to us, right? But there's too many Christians. They're trying to do it all. In, they're trying to do it alone. And that's, that's when they feel overwhelmed. And that's when they, they feel like they can't. This task is too big. I can't do it. I can't. The job's just too big. And it's because, and now I know some of you are thinking, well, and this is the, the purpose of the church so we can do it together. And this is the purpose of, of your spouse and your mate that, so you can do it together. And that's not what I'm talking about, right? But see, too many Christians are trying to work so hard naturally and they're only getting this far, but yet God needs them up here, right? And he's made a way for them to get here. The problem is, is people aren't. They're not, they're, they're not tapping into that resource. Amen? They're not, and they, then they end up frustrated, mad at the world, irritated. Those heathens, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to be anywhere around them. They don't want to listen to me. They don't want to hear me. They're running out of steam. They're losing that, that, that energy, that excitement, right? It's because they're going at it alone. And see, too many Christians, they're, they're trying to do it in their own strength. And then, and then, and then when, they're, when, they're, when they're pressing in and they're doing all of this and they're, they're feeling the resistance, they, they, their, their solution for this or their answer for this is that, well, that's just Satan attacking me, right? That's just a, Satan attacking me. He doesn't. That's the way they answer it. And listen, that's partially true because he doesn't want you to succeed, right? But that's not the only answer. That's not the only reason. And we're talking about big things, all right? We're talking about big things. Coming off of a big, serving a big God. As a believer, you have big needs. So let's just, I think, let me just make this statement. I think we all can agree on it. The biggest need of every person on this earth is what? The biggest need. I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about what's the biggest need spiritually that every person needs on this, on this earth? It's to receive Jesus, right? That's pretty, that's pretty cut and dry. It's to receive Jesus. Now, when they receive Jesus, is does that mean we've arrived? I'm done. I don't have to do anything else. You know, it's, it's just I have nothing else to do. We're, we're, it's all said and done, right? Absolutely not. See, that's where the Great Commission comes into play. That was the great, what God has called each and every one of us to do. Because the great, because we've been entrusted, we've been approved with the good news. Well, the good news is the gospel, which will bring the light that's always going to put out the darkness of the world, right? Amen. Glory to God. And we've been entrusted to do that and to take the good news all across this earth. But wait, Pastor, that's hard. Don't you know that's hard? Listen, if you feel that way, you're trying to do it alone. And you've got to remember this. God never intended on you to fulfill the Great Commission alone. He never intended. Not never. 
He is a smart God. He made a way. He made resources. He, that's what the promises of God are for, which are in His Word, so that you can fulfill what He's called you to do. He wants you to be a success at what you can do. Look what He's called you to do. Look with me at Luke. We're going to look at Luke's account. In verse 24, I'm going to read this out of the Passion. Don't need to update. Look at this. Uh, verse 47. Guys, you don't want to be doing this alone. Don't want to do this alone. Everybody say, I'm not going to do this alone. Okay, that was, that was somewhat, so-so. I know it's a little warm in here. We over there, well, I told them to adjust the air, right? All right, we're talking about God doesn't want you doing this alone. So would you, the biggest question is, why are you doing it alone? Well, most of the time, and shame on the church. I'm talking about the big C church for not, for not teaching on this, what I'm about to point, what I'm about to point out to you, for not teaching on it enough. Right? Because this is a vital, vital part of every believer's life to accomplish what God's called them to do. But yet, so many never tap into this resource. Luke, verse, 20, verse 47. It says, out of the Passion, it says, Now you must go into all the nations and preach repentance and forgiveness of sins so that they will turn to me. Start right here in Jerusalem. This is Jesus talking, right? He tells them, he says, For you are my witnesses, and you have seen for yourselves all that has transpired. Now what he's talking about right there, you are my witness, is this, and you have seen what all has transpired. Remember, Jesus was our example when he walked the earth. And what he's telling them is, he says, you have seen the Holy Spirit work through me, the power of God work through me, while you've been my witnesses, right? And remember, he tells us, greater works will we do than him, because he had to go to the Father, right? All right, and then he goes on, he says, I, for I, he says, I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. Now, that's the Holy Spirit. So stay here in the city until you are clothed with the mighty power of heaven. Guys, we weren't intended to do it alone. And you were not intended to And the Great Commission is for all of us and to go and to proclaim the gospel, that good news. But Jesus says, wait a minute, before you go, stay right here. Stay right here. He's telling him, he says, stay in Jerusalem. Stay right here until you receive the power due to you from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. That's, and see, there's too many people that are trying to run out and do the Great Commission or do what God's called them to do, but they haven't yet got that resource. They haven't yet been endued with power. Amen. So guess what? If you don't have that power, now you're running out of steam. You're running out of energy. The job looks too big because you're looking at it through natural eyes, not any spiritual context, right? Come on, glory to God. I'm going to tell you something. Look with me at John, verse 14. When you hit a lot of scripture today, if you can't turn to them, that's okay. You can, uh, 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 we're going to look at verse 16. You can write those down. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. I love the Amplified. John 14, 16. All right? And look what it says. It says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Now, I love the Amplified, because if you look at the parentheses right there, what that does is that gives the, the Greek word, the word for, for the definition for comforter right there. It says, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, and he may remain with you forever. 
right? So that, and that's what he's talking about there. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. So he's sent to comfort you, to strengthen you, to lead you, to guide you. And look at verse 17. We talk about, I just shared with you how the world can't see. They can't see what you see. Verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know and recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives in you and will be in you. And I love what it says in verse 18. It says, I will not leave you as orphans. Guys, talk about if he left you as orphans, that would be like leaving you alone, right? Right? God never intended on you doing this alone. He gave you a, he sent you, he, he made a way. And it's called the Holy Spirit. It's a resource. And that resource we all need to be tapping in. Because I'm going to tell you something. You've got to remind yourself, you alone are not enough. I alone am not enough. You're not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. Right? Not trying to offend anybody, just being real. You're not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. I mean, if you really think about it, sometimes we overcomplicate Scripture. I love it. One minister put it this way. We read it, and, and sometimes some Scriptures are so simple that you need a theologian to get confused by. Right? Nothing against the theologians, but sometimes you can make it harder than it is. Simplify Scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation and make your life a whole lot easier. Right? Glory to God. But He, said, he doesn't want you to do it alone. And, you, and you're not enough. You're not strong. If you think about it, if we were strong enough or if we were smart enough, why would God give us a helper? He wouldn't. He wouldn't, right? And I mean, so that's very clear that you... Know, as a matter of fact, if you think about it, He gave us the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Now, to have that big of a, of a helper, that right there should tell us really, really big how much of a helper we need and how big of a helper we need, right? Come on, this, this job on this earth is not easy. Nothing in this life is easy. You all know we all face, we hit road bumps, we hit mountains, and we hit, but you got to learn how to deal with them, how to respond to those road bumps and hold those mountains. Glory to God. Glory to God. you got to wrap your mind around the fact that God doesn't want you doing this alone. And there's too many people leaving the church because they're out of energy, they're out of steam. They've tried everything they naturally can do. And, and they, can't, they just can't do anymore, and they give up. And it's easier just to conform back to the world. Conform back to the world. And that's, that, that's, that's dangerous because God intended for you to have a helper called the Holy Spirit and to empower you, right, so that you would not have any problems doing what he's called you to do. But you've got to ask yourself, are you utilizing all the tools? Are you utilizing all the tools? There's, you know, and this is the big one. This is a big one, big one, big one, big one. And it's, it's important that we note that I'm not talking about the, the, uh, just the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, right? That's when you get saved and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, now that's, that's for you, right? When that happens, he's in you, he's there, right? What, that, the empowerment comes from the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Right? The infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I like the way Highlands puts it. They call it your prayer language. They just simplified it to make it not as threatening because this is a, this is a big subject in the body of Christ that has turned people off from this, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that just are totally against. the. When you say tongues, they run, they run to the hills, you know. But they're making, they're, make, they're making assumptions based on a lack of knowledge, because when you study it out, it's, a, it's an invaluable resource. 
an invaluable resource. I mean, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is when you have hands laid on you. It's like when Peter and John in Acts 8, verses 14 and 7, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life, they sent Peter and John to pray over them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and were yet to have the Holy Spirit fall upon them. As soon as Peter and John arrived, they laid their hands on the Samaritan believers, one after another, and the Holy Spirit fell and filled each one of them. Guys, having being, some people call it being baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, being infilled with the Holy Spirit, receiving your prayer language, whatever they say, this is what they, what, what, what they were talking about in the books of Act, book of Acts. And most of us have read the book of Acts. But Acts 1 Four, four, uh, 4 and 5, it says, On one occasion, while they were eating with them, Jesus gave this command. He said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Five, verse 5, it says, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if you keep reading down to verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of earth. Guys, it's very important to note that he's not talking about the new birth experience right here. What he's talking about in the context of what he's saying right there, he's talking about us being an example for God. He's being a living witness right, of God through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and allowing the power of God to work through your life just like Jesus was our example and we watch, they watch the power of God work through Him. That's exactly what God is wanting each and every one of us to do. And He says, He told them, He says, wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. And then if you look with me at Acts 2, this is what they were waiting on, Acts 2. 1 through 4, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven like rushing a violent tempered blast and it filled the whole house in which they were sitting. And there appeared them tongues resembling fire which were separated and distributed and which settled on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages. That's what that means, languages and different foreign languages, tongues, as the Spirit gave them clear and loud expression. Somebody, some some uh, translations say as the Spirit gave them utterance. Right there, right? That's what they were waiting on, right there. Right? Wait until you get that. And, and talking about tongues, you cannot, you can't differentiate in filling of the Holy Spirit from tongues. You cannot do it. And, and, and tongues is, is, is pretty, it's, it's pretty valuable. It's, it's actually very valuable. As a matter of fact, that's the evidence of the, of the infilling. And this is a topic that has that's been debated for a long time. And we're reaping the benefits of the fact that people aren't walking in the fullness and the power of God. How many times have you walked in the streets of, of anywhere and seen miracles happen? But yet the Word of God says that we should be laying hands on the sick and they should be recovering, Right? It's because people haven't been taught these things, these simple truths that aren't difficult. You know, everybody makes all of these strong opinions based on a lack of knowledge. You know, that's of the devil, that's not for today, and you're one of those churches. But when you study tongues, and it's throughout Scripture, 
It's throughout Scripture. It is an invaluable, should be an invaluable part of your life. I could not do, or any pastor could not do what we do without it. And I'll just tell you this. Wednesday night, I woke up about 2 o'clock in the morning. Somebody sitting right here in this room was on my heart so heavy. And I mean, I always go to God. I'm like, well, do I need to go? Do I need to call? Right? No, didn't need to do that. You just need to pray. Well, I don't know what to pray. You don't tell me what to pray. Right? Well, I have an intercessor, which is the Holy Spirit that's inside me. I've been in field. So that's what I do. I pray in the Spirit until I get peace. Prayed for about 30 minutes. Got peace about it. It released. Everything was okay. I went back to sleep. And I see you sitting here today, and apparently nothing happened. Right? Glory to God. I intercede on your behalf by praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. See, there's, this is such a big, big, should be a big part of everybody's life. I mean, Romans uh, uh, 8, uh, 26, it, it, when you read that, you see, it says that it keeps you in line with praying God's perfect will. And uh, it edifies you, 1 Corinthians. I mean, it's, it's, it's very valuable. And I'm not going to preach a whole, a whole message on that. As a matter of fact, we've got some books right back there, and I laid them on the table. They've been in the bookstore for quite a while. And it's called Why Tongues. It's a small, short book. If you have a question about this, because I'm going to tell you something, this is, we, this is needed in the times that we're in, the times that we're going to face. You need to know how to pray because Scripture tells us that when you pray in the Spirit, you don't know what you're praying. Why? Because your Spirit is praying. Your Spirit is the communication between you and God. And sometimes you need to pray things that, that you don't know what you need to pray. You know, people always ask, well, Scripture says you should pray always. Well, most people can't pray over two minutes. And then they, can't, they lose sight of what are they supposed to pray on. This is when you pray in the Spirit. You pray in the Spirit. But those books are laying right there on that table. If you, if you have any questions about it, it's a simple read. I mean, it's this a mini book. 30, I can read it in 10 minutes, right? And it, it explains all of the reasons. It explains the Scripture. All of that is so simple. It's a very simple read. You can have them. Pick one up. Take it with you. Take the time to read it, right? Because I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's very important that you get this. And it, one, let, me, let me just share with you one scripture that a lot of people bring up to me, or as, as most pastors. See, most people want to argue this. They want to fight this. They're, they're looking for a reason not to, to be a part of this or not to, 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 to believe it. Or, and, and, you know, that right there should be a, a, a big flag on your own right there, right? Because, I mean, if you really think about how much the, the enemy has put resistance against believing this and understanding this, that right there should be another flag to how, big, how important this is to the Christian walk. But I get this verse all the time, and, this, and it's, it's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And what, what happens here is people take this out of context, right? 12, 28. You've got to understand what Paul is talking about. And if you want to do some studying on the Holy Spirit, Read chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because chapter 12 is about the Holy Spirit, and it's about the body of Christ, and it's about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Now, where are you going to see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit? It's in the body of Christ. We should be seeing those. So you read that, and then go on and read chapter 14. It's very important. That, 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 that will, and let the Holy Spirit give you some revelation right there. But this is a very popular verse that a lot of people see. It says, And God has set some in the church... First apostles, second prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, right? And then he goes on and it says, well, you, let's stop right there. You've got to understand what he's talking about. 
what he's talking about in the context of this verse is he's talking about ministry. Okay? He's talking about those that are called to ministry positions. All right? He's not talking about laity, ordinary people in the church. He's talking about ministry, ministry positions is what he's talking about right here. And then he goes on, verse 29, are all apostles? Well, no, we're not all an apostle, are we? And then he goes on and says, are all prophets? No, no. He's talking about uh, those that are anointed to fill this position by God. Right? To, to do these jobs, to do these tasks, they are called for this. Just like I'm, I'm called to pastor. Just, this is what he's talking about right there. And it goes on. It says, it says, are all teachers. Well, now, wait a minute now. Everybody in this room can teach. Every parent is a teacher. But wait a minute. Are the ministers anointed by God the only ones that can teach? No. Absolutely not. They're not the only ones that can teach. You, you can teach. You should be teaching. If you're not teaching, then you're relying on the, the public school system, and we won't go down there. But that, anyway. <laughs> but then it goes on, and after that it says, are all workers of miracles? Well, let's just look at that for a second. Workers of miracles would be the evangelist, right? And evangelist, signs and miracles should always follow an evangelist that travels. That's why when we were there Thursday night, he laid hands on theirs and things happened. Things changed. And they're like, people were healed, people were, were infilled, and the whole thing. Signs and miracles follow him. That's what, that's what they follow the evangelist. They have that anointing, right? But is the evangelist the only one that can lay hands on you for you to receive a miracle? Not according to Scripture. Because the Scripture is very clear that all of us should be laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right? And all of us, and Jesus clearly says, we will do greater works than He did because, you know, He had to go to heaven. If He had not gone to heaven, come on, the, the whole thing would have been null and void. That's why He sent the Holy Spirit to, to help us, to comfort us. But then, so... And then it goes on, it says, have all the gifts of healings. That's the anointing for, for, for laying hands on. You know, there's a lot of people. You know, it's like Todd White. He's an evangelist. He carries a healing anointing with him. Everywhere he, 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 he sends all these videos and posts all these videos and everywhere he goes. And, and he's bold, man. I'm going to tell you, he's bold. Where he lays hands on people in the street that don't know Jesus, they don't know anything. He gets some Jesus in them and then he lays hands on them and their legs grow out. You know? Because he has that anointing on him. He carries that anointing. But he's not the only one that can lay hands. We all should be laying hands on them. Right? And then it goes on. And it says, do all speak with tongues. And this is where I wanted to get. Because this is what people say. Well, they say, well, pastor, it says do all speak with tongues. That must mean that it's not for everybody. They're out of context. Take it. And they go, go read the rest of that. It says do all interpret. Guys, there is a ministry of speaking in tongues with the, uh, an interpretation. That's what he's talking about right here. Because, I'm gonna, listen, if, if speaking in tongues wasn't for all of us, then Paul contradicted himself. Because if you look in chapter 14, he says, he says, I speak with tongues more than all of you. And if you jump back to verse 5, he says, I wish, I wish that all of you to be able to speak in tongues. Right? He, and we know that Scripture doesn't contradict itself. Right? Point is, Speaking in tongues is for you. It's for today. Don't allow a lack of knowledge to hold you back. Get that book, take some time and study it out because I'm telling you something. This is vital to your success. 
You need to, when, when you feel the inclination to pray for your family or someone in your family, your wife, your spouse, your husband, your, or your children, but you don't know what they're going through, you don't know what's happening at that minute, you need to pray. Well, what do you pray? You pray in the Spirit. You intercede. You intercede on their behalf. Amen? Glory to God. It's very, it's very important. And I'm telling you something. Satan has convinced the church world to run from this. And people have bought it hook, line, and sinker. It's not difficult. And when you understand why, he doesn't want us tapping into that resource of the power that God has given us because that gives us more strength over him. Well, ultimately, we have all authority over him. Amen? Glory to God. When you understand the word of God, glory to God. But listen, it's, it's valuable that we should be speaking in tongues. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something. When you, the biggest need of everybody on this earth is to accept Jesus. Right, we know that. We can agree on that. That's very, very simple. That's, that one's kind of cut and dry. And, and, and the biggest need of every believer is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The biggest need of every believer is to not do this alone. I'm telling you, I've seen so many people in ministry, been there a long time, been there six years, seven years, ten years, twelve years. They're done. They're tired. Do you know how hard this is? Yes, it's hard, but yet God created you for this very time, right now that we're in. To do what He's called you to do a task. To do something. And we can do it. You can do it. Whatever it is. If you choose to use His resources and not get afraid and get fearful and fall back to conforming to the easy part which is conforming to the world. Right? And so the biggest need of every believer is to receive the, whole, the fullness of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Hands laid on you with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Glory to God. And then yielding to Him. See, yielding to... The, this is where a lot of people miss it. They don't yield to the Holy Spirit when He gives them a prompting to do something. You know, and I had to learn this. Because, and I, I really... Uh, I remember when I, I learned it, uh, um, I was at a gas station and there was a gentleman there and I saw him counting out some change to buy his gas. And I'm not proud of this. But, and I just felt it rise up in my spirit, you know, to go fill his tank up. Well, I was new to all this, and I'm like, I'm not filling his tank up. I don't know him. And when I, I got my gas, and, and, and he went and got what little he was going to get, and, and then he left. He went on his way. And when I got to the stop sign after I left, I just stopped for a minute because it was just so heavy in my spirit because I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You understand, you'd never know What's going to happen when you follow that prompting? I go by this man's gas. It could have opened the door up for me to share some good news, to share some good news in his life because you have no idea what he's going through. Glory to God. What he's facing, what he's doing. But you see, I didn't obey that prompting. I learned then. I walked away. I said, I'll never do it again. Every time the Holy Spirit gives me a prompting to say something or do something, I will do it. Even if I'm not sure, I'm going to do it because I'd rather make a mistake then stand before God and say, well, why didn't you do it, what I asked you to do, right? I'd rather make a mistake because I'm going to tell you something. You have to learn to yield to Him. That means yielding to the Holy Spirit means that you're going to listen to Him, right? And we're not listening for audible voices. He speaks, we are, we've talked about this before, He speaks to you with that inward witness, that unction to do or to not do, to say or not say. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of people in this world that aren't yielding to no inward witness, 
They are just saying whatever they want to say. They're living off of emotion. They're responding to every situation in this world that's going on right now off of emotion. Now they're angry. Now they're fighting. So much discord all across this very world. Listen, we're different. We're called to be different. Because we have been given a comforter to help us called the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And you've got to learn to yield to it. And it's more, most importantly, you've got to learn to act when he prompts you to do or to say something. Act. Act. And it's very simple. You do all this by faith. By faith. You know, we talk about faith a lot, but faith is a, it's another invaluable part of your Christian walk. Matter of fact, Scripture says that we should live by faith because it takes faith to follow somebody you can't see or you can't hear or you can't... You, it takes faith. It's just like you took faith to get you saved, right? It took faith. And see, when, you, when that happens and you get to that point where you just, you receive it, you, because you believe and you receive the Holy Spirit, right? I'm talking about the infilling with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You believe and you receive it by faith. And when you receive it, guys, that's when the Holy Spirit will come and begin to commune with you. And He'll begin to start leaving you. He'll start giving you revelation on Scripture. People wonder why they're not reading. They're reading Scripture, but they're not getting revelation. How come they can read the same verse I'm reading, but they get revelation? I don't get nothing, Pastor. Well, have you been in field? Amen. Have you been in field? Have you got the fullness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? Amen. But But when that happens, right, when, when, when that happens, that's when, 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 when he comes to, to sit with you and to be with you. I'm going to tell you something. God will become as real to you as the person sitting next to you. I mean, and it, he'll, 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 he'll commune with you and he'll lead you. That's when he starts to lead you to the right place at the right time. And he'll give you even the right words to say. Whenever I go into a meeting with a new customer or whoever it may be, I'm like, I pray first. All right, God. Holy Spirit, you give me, you stay with me, you be with me, you be on me, you give me accountability, you give me, you give me the words to speak, to speak or not to speak. See, a lot of people, they just, they just go in and they're, even when they're going in in a confrontational situation, if you would take the time to do that, the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to say rather than running in there off of emotion, angry, and then getting into an argument with someone. Amen. It's very, and so you've got to understand something. We serve a big God that knew everything that you're going to need to accomplish what He called you to do. Right? He, and He entrusted you. He entrusted all of us with the gospel to fulfill the Great Commission. But He never intended on us to do it alone. If you're feeling drained, if you're feeling like the task is too big and you're feeling like you don't want to try this, you don't want to do what... You know, I just want to get saved so I can get out of here. Come on, that's not what God's called you to do. There's a lot of people doing that. I just want to get saved. Right? Right? And now we don't want to get it all into what's going to happen later on down the line because some people don't want to hear that because that's it's kind of scary. Listen, the point is, is, is God has entrusted you to be his hands, his feet, and his voice in this earth. We need to be bold to do it. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But he didn't intend on you to do it alone. He, he sent you a helper called the Holy Spirit. That'll give you strength when you need it. Give you the words that you need when you need it. If you'll yield to Him. See, you, you don't have to yield to Him. Remember, God gave us free will to choose. So when you go in a situation and you pray for the Holy Spirit to give you words, when you walk in, if you don't feel anything to say, don't make anything to say. Just stand there and listen. And when you feel an unction to speak, speak. 
But you see, most times people feel like they go into a meeting and they've got to say something. I've got to create something. And then they end up saying things that they don't need to say. Now they've got to try to fix this, fix that. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you something. When you learn to trust the Holy Spirit and, and yield to Him, glory to God, He'll help you and He will walk out the journey with you and He'll make it uh, so easy. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. God's a gentleman. He gave us free will to choose. He, he's a gentleman. You know, people always ask, well, why doesn't God just stop me from doing that? He gave us free will to choose. Choose him not to choose him, right? Free will to choose. The choice, he's a gentleman, right? And always remember something. And people always throw that out. It's a lack of knowledge. Whenever a spirit, God's a spirit, right? We're a spirit. Whenever a spirit is trying to force something on you or force himself on you, guess what that is, guys? That's a demon. Amen? Demonic forces, evil forces, are what force you to do so or manipulate you. To, God's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do or not to do anything. He gave you free will to choose that, right? He gave you free will to choose. And, it is, and the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's not going to force you to speak in tongues. It says in the scripture, it says, we read right there, it says that they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, a lot of people, when you lay hands on them to receive, they don't speak in tongues. It's because they're waiting on the Holy Spirit to come on them and take over them and make them speak. No, they have a part to play. Speak, speak, speak what he's given you on the inside to come out of your mouth. Amen. He's right there to help you. And he's right there to walk this journey out with you. He's right there to strengthen you. And all you have to do is receive it by faith. That's it. Ask, receive by faith. Believe, receive. Believe. Now, see, I know a lot of people that have had, had hands laid on them to be in field. And, and, and they, they, they have, they've never received the, the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I was that way. I did that for quite some time. And, and I mean, I, I, I beg God, you know, you know, give me the evidence. I want to speak in tongues. I want to speak in tongues. I want to speak in tongues. And I'm begging him, begging him, and praying him, and praying. And I didn't even get, we didn't get filled that way in a church service. I was, I was actually at work, and I was just, I was kind of fighting with God over this whole thing. I want that. I want the evidence of speaking. I want it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. And I mean, it come up in my spirit so strong. All he said, he said, it's there, speak. And I just sat there for a minute and I realized I was waiting on something to happen. I was waiting on God to make me do something. I got the revelation then. And then I started speaking what I felt like the Holy Spirit on the inside of me was prompting me to say. Now, I don't know what it was. Right? We don't, the scripture is very clear that we don't understand when you pray in the Spirit, that you don't understand what you're praying. Amen. So don't fight it. And guys, don't go at this alone. Don't go trying to accomplish what God has called you to do alone because it's hard. And I don't have to tell you that. You know it's hard. And there's a lot more sinners than there are Christians. And I'm going to tell you something. The more you spend in time communing with God, and, and, and communing with the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit. You know, I've gotten to where uh, uh, when, I'm, when I'm out doing activities and stuff, and, and I, don't, I don't get caught up in just doing silly 
unnecessary things. I'll, I'll just take that time to spend in prayer. Well, how can you pray that much? I'm praying in the Spirit. And just as the Scripture says, it edifies you. It builds you up. When you pray in the Spirit, it also reminds you of, of the constant. It keeps you aware that He's there. It keeps you aware. It encourages you. You're not alone. You've got a helper. You've got a helpmate. Amen. Glory to God. All right, let's pray.